radioinfluence.com. Hello, what's happening? How you doing? How's everybody? How you be? How you be? How you be? I'm doing fantastic. I always put up that good, you know, the, the fake thing. Everything's great. No, everything isn't always great. But, the, you know, I got my health. The health is number one. Number one. Everything else you can handle as long as you got your health. Hello. Rock stops here. No bullshit. No BS. What we do is, what I do is, I try to bring on uh, a guest that has made it in their field. More than likely in the sports and entertainment field. And that includes media. Uh, Players, coaches, you name it. We are in football season. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Baseball races heating up. And... College football also started, which I think that is just tremendous. But I have been immersed in Buccaneer coverage, buddy. The Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I have a separate podcast, Bucks Kickoff. That's exclusively on JoeBucksFan.com. That is more X's and O's on the matchup, wherever the Buccaneers, who they are going to play. My guest today, and I'm going to hit on a lot of different things, and I'll hit you on the other side. Pop Warner football, locker room, being in locker rooms, what that's like uh, for so many years. Um, I got a reason why I'm bringing all that up. But today, my guest is, he is a Pro Football Hall of Fame writer. He is the sage of Tampa Bay sports. He is Ira Kaufman. Now, I want, I didn't want it to get too much X's and O's, but it is football season, so why not? Why not the NFL? The Bucs, can they repeat? What about the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes? That's a hell of a coach. And Andy Reid, are they going to be back in the mix in the AFC? What about all the drama with Aaron Rodgers? But now that you're ready for the seat, we're here in the season. How much of that really will play into a factor? So I bring on the Sage. But I, I got to tell you, I, I cornered him at an event at Raymond James Stadium. And I said, Sage. Come on, let's do a little podcast. Anyway, okay. So once he started, he was getting a little hot and heavy into the Buccaneers, and I, I, th- I thought maybe he thinks that's my my Joe Bucks fan podcast. He didn't know, uh, but he's a great guest. He's very entertaining. So why don't we get into, hey, the football season is here. So let's talk a little football. It's not that long, not that long, and then I got a lot of stories for you on the other side, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. All righty, you ready for some football? Here he is, the sage of Tampa Bay sports, the one, the only, Mr. Ira Kaufman. All righty, he makes his return. The one, the only, Pro Football Hall of Fame. He is 40-some years covering sports. JoeBucksFan.com, the one, the only, Ira Kaufman, and he makes his return. Ira, how, how, how are you doing, my man? Rock, it's a pleasure, it's a privilege to be on with you. And I can't believe, Rock, and I can just hear Buck fans groaning. Don't say it, Ira, but I'm going to say it, Rock. This team is on an unbelievable roll, Rock, uh, in terms of talent, in terms of accomplishment, and perhaps most importantly, in terms of health. What an off season! adding a couple of pieces. Joe Tryon, I've been trying to pump the brakes, Rock, but I got to tell you, the guy keeps making plays. He's impressive. It is preseason. But, Rock, the health, other teams, major injuries across the board. They don't know what's going on. And here are the Bucks, worried about Jordan Whitehead's shoulder. He might miss one week. Ooh. <laughs> and they got a capable replacement in, in Mike Edwards. They're worried about Ryan Suckup. He's going to be back for, for the Dallas game. Rock, what I'm trying to say is 
this team is on a serious roll. Now, this is my rock stops here. So this is not just Bucks fans. This is anywhere around the country, anywhere. So <clears throat> you're not a homer. I mean, you cover the team. If there needs to be something said about critical, you do. So I just want to stress that this isn't just like a Homer type thing, but everything, bringing everybody back, getting the draft picks, the goat is healthy. I mean, barring injury, barring injury. Now, what about it? You've been around, you were talking to guys during training camp, uh, NFL guys coming in, uh, the complacency, Brian Baldinger of NFL Network. He goes, but Ira, it's human nature. What about that? Is Could that be a possibility of complacency with this Super Bowl championship team? I would say definitely could, except number 12's on hand. Number 12's on hand, Rock. He's everywhere. He's talking to the defensive backs. He's talking to the punter, you know giving them tips, keeping them up. Nobody's ever seen anybody like this, Rock. That The Brady factor, it's it's indefinable, absolutely indefinable. You can't over-exaggerate it. And by the way, may I say, while the Bucks are having this kind of an offseason, other teams are falling apart. This division doesn't look that good, Rock. The Saints are going to be in, in, in Texas for a month. That isn't going to help. I think Jameis will be fine. Let him throw for 4,500 yards. But he's got nobody to throw to except Alvin Kamara, and they've lost some key people. Uh, the Falcons are going nowhere. The Panthers are going nowhere with Darnold. All of a sudden, what was a really good division years ago doesn't look that good, Rock. I I, I think barring uh, an injury to Brady. Now, I'll say this. I think the Buck depth will be tested, Rock, because they've had incredible health on the offensive line. Incredible. I mean, this guy plays 16 games. This guy plays 15 games. That's unusual, Rock. Uh, you know, these big guys, they go down. They get hurt. We'll see Aaron Stinney this year. We'll, we might see Hainsey this year. So their depth is going to be tested. But as long as Brady's upright, Rock, I think this is a hell of a football team. What about <clears throat> your Kansas City Chiefs guy? Uh, what happened to them? The way that they were manhandled in the Super Bowl. Do you think that they're even in Mahomes' head or or it was just one game? What, what, how do you think that they'll be, man? Well, their reaction uh, is very simple to uh, digest, Rock. Uh, our O-line has to be uh, revamped, and that's what they did. That was the key to the offseason of the Chiefs. All these new starters they got this guy, Thune, from New England. He's a good guard. They're starting a rookie at center. They replaced the left tackle with Orlando Brown from the Ravens. They spent a lot of money, but why not? It's all about protecting Mahomes, just like it should be all about protecting Brady. Uh, the story of the Super Bowl is simple, Rock, and I want to I wanna, I wanna throw this in there. Please, Again, please. Some Buck fans may not want to hear this. Todd Bowles may not want to hear this. Uh, Levante David may not want to hear this. Look. I'm a Chiefs fan. I watched that team very carefully. Right. Rock, Mahomes had no chance from the first snap. He had no chance. It had nothing to do with Levante David covering Travis Kelsey. Zero. Travis Kelsey caught 10 footballs that night. He's the only guy that showed up other than Mahomes. I can't knock Mahomes one bit for that loss. He's running for his life, Rock. So the key to the game was the buck pass rush, pure and simple. There's nothing more to be said. Uh, Brady made some plays. Gronkowski scored two touchdowns. But the guys that won the game were Shaq Barrett and, and JPP and Sue and Vita Vea. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. So this thing about how Bowles changed around the coverage in the secondary, 
The guy had 1.2 seconds to throw the football. That's Rock. a good point. No, you're I, right. I could have covered Tyreek Hill. You're right. You're right. All right, real quickly, just a couple of storylines. So Green Bay Packers. How do you think that Aaron Rodgers and didn't want to come and now he's there? Can that carry over? Or once they get out on the field, he is one of the great quarterbacks. What do you think about that situation in Green Bay? What I'm a th- Packer fan. I'm concerned, Rock. I'm concerned about Rodgers' mental state. Now, I'm concerned about it in, in good times because I don't think he's a great leader. I've said it before. When things go wrong, as they did in Tampa early in the season in that game, when uh, Jamel Dean uh, intercepted the ball and Rodgers never did another thing, the rest of the day. Uh, I, I don't think he's great when things are going badly. Uh, so that's the difference between him and a Brady. I trust Brady in the fourth quarter, even if he's struggling, to make some plays. As Brady did against the Packers after throwing three picks, I think, in the third quarter of the playoff game. Uh, Green Bay, look, they got maybe the best receiver in football in Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones is a fine running back. But I think across the board, I don't think they match up with the Bucs' talent. I don't know what team does. They just placed eight players in the top 100 as voted by the players, Rock. That's a good point. Not the writers, the players. That's a good point. Players, no players. They led all teams with eight guys. All right. New England, Mac Jones. Did that surprise you, Belichick, going? And these kids coming out now, like Zach Wilson, it really is something else. It used to be a guy came out, and there's no way he would be able to do pretty good. I think the, they're training from little now. But what about Belichick? And and the Bucks are going to go there with Brady. Mac Jones. I understand it, Rock, because once he decided on Mac Jones, I think having Cam Newton as a backup, that wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work. Newton would have been out of it mentally, and he, he wouldn't have been ready. Let Newton go somewhere else and maybe get a chance. Uh, Once you decide on Mac Jones, and I think he's going to do well. I think New England is going to bounce back. Now, Rock, I don't think they're going to win 12, 13 games, but they went 7-9 and last year. And if they make the playoffs this year, they're not as good as Buffalo. But that, you know, that division's kind of weak after that with the Jets. Yeah. Um, You know, and Miami's okay. Um, So I expect a bounce back. Belichick didn't forget how to coach Rock. He's going to prove that this year. All right, this is my last one. Overall, Sage, how do you feel about we're going to see full stadiums now? I mean, the protocols with these teams, it's still real stringent, but we're going to see full stadiums. The season is starting here, NFL. You've been around. That was, it, was, it was weird. It was weird last year. What do you think, Sage? Well, the first thing you got to say is the NFL did a great job in, in, in not canceling any games. And the Super Bowl went off on time. February 7th, it went off. Who would have thought that 256 games get played? They had to be resourceful. They had to be flexible in terms of moving games around, but they did it. Rock, I love the fact that Arians is all over his guys about COVID. I think that's fantastic. Part of it might be Arians himself. He's vulnerable. He's vulnerable. But I think it goes beyond that. He realizes that COVID is one of those X factors like complacency that can wreck this football team. Good point. And he's not going to have it. Good point. He's not going to have it. He's all over these guys, and hopefully he's got Brady uh, support in, in that endeavor. And look how well the Bucks handled it last year. I think that gives them an edge on a lot of teams that tend to be a little bit lax about these protocols. COVID is not going to get the Bucks on Arians' watch. Nice. Oh, and this is the last one. I haven't had a chance to talk to you. And You went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You were there as a guest with John Lynch because you made the speech all those years. He got in. What was the experience like being in Canton? It was fantastic, and it was even more gratifying because I brought my wife. She had never been there. Beautiful. And I'd been there three or four times, and 
We went to Lynch's party and, you know, musical guest Lionel Richie, not too bad. <laughs> Glazers were there. Uh, McKay, all his uh, former henchmen in Tampa oh, nice. were, were there. Tim Ruskell, okay. John Idzik, um, and of course, a lot of, uh, you know, Lynch's contemporary players. Uh, you know, the uh, the Mike Allstotts are out there. The Brad Johnsons are out there. Great to see it. And then uh, Sunday, we went to the hall. We got there a little early. We went through the hall, went through the bust. I saw Sapp and Brooks's bust. They're on opposite sides of the wall. They're looking straight at That's each other. That's what I heard. I wonder what they're saying to each other <laughs> in the middle of the night after the janitor goes home. And then, of course, the enshrinement ceremony, and I'm sitting in the buck section. And then Lynch gives me a shout-out. I never expected it. I never expected. I turned to my wife. I said, I was watching honey, on TV. I was like, she, I told my wife. I said, he just mentioned Ira. I said, I said, honey, did you just hear what Lynch said? She was in a catatonic state. She couldn't, she could, she, so she couldn't cool. answer me. That's so and cool. And I didn't expect it. What a class move by a class individual. Well, you are class. It's Ira Kaufman. It's JoeBucksFan.com. And, and we'll be back later in the season. Beautiful. Bro. Thank you, Sage. So again, I don't think he knew what podcast he was doing. <laughs> it was on the fly, and uh, we could, and that was kind of cool. And when he went back to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, that was kind of neat. All righty, here's what we got cooking today: protocols, protocols, protocols. Locker room, Pop Warner football, health. How you be partying? Uh, so let me just say that you know what? It's good. Uh, to see the packed stadiums, to see college football last week, to see that site at Blacksburg, Virginia. You know what? You know, these are young college students. They're outside. They're going to be partying anyway. They'll be partying in dorms and apartments. Like, I know, I, if you didn't see the game, oh, my God. There's nothing in Blacksburg. There's only Virginia Tech. That's it. And they're going to go to the game. And it was packed. And it was like, oh, here we go with COVID. Not a mask in the house. It's outside their kids. Look, you know, I'm doing my best. I still respect it. I go to the gym almost daily. I wear a mask. I wear gloves. I'm the only guy in there. People, I don't give a crap. I think it's when you get older, you just don't care. Like if somebody, oh, am I worried about, oh, uh, what do I look like or anything? Like, I don't care. You know, I'm going to take precautions. I'm not going to hold on to the handles that this guy, sometimes you, and guys, you know what I'm talking about. You go in the bathroom, you go to do your business. Number one, somebody comes out of over here out of a stall and he goes right out. Like you don't wash your hands. Like, are you kidding me, dude? So there are people that do that. I don't want to touch this stuff. I wear gloves. I do my best. Hopefully I won't get it. If I get it, I, you know, I'm doing my best, but they're constants and it's outdoors. And I like to see the pack stadiums. And it's the same thing with NFL games. You know what? You take your risk. You do your best. You don't get right in front of somebody that's sneezing and talking, and you do your best. But it's good to actually see. And then the environment. You can't beat the environment for college football. You really can't. It's the pageantry that's just, it's, 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 it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. So... I see now. Now, for fan, fans, don't give a damn, and I don't blame you on for media. Like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. But I want to give you a little behind the scenes of what it is like, like how times have changed. Now, I see that the NHL is going to allow locker room access 
to do interviews. And I think that's good because, you know, you want it. I don't want to get too deep into this. Fans are like, I don't give a shit. Who gives a shit? I want to see the game. But you know what? Like if there was a play in the game, like, wow, what happened there? Why did that guy screw up there or something? What happened? What happened? It might have cost my team the game. You want to know? Well, you're going to read the story, like whether it's on the wherever, like what happened? Oh, he said that. Th- oh, so that's what happened. But you can't get that without going in and actually interviewing people. And the NHL needs the coverage in this country, in the United States, more than the NFL. Look, I have covered sports, like I say, since I'm 25 years old. was probably not in my first pro locker room until I was probably like 27, 28, 29. I know that's really, really late, but I'm a a lot older than that now. So I've been in a lot of locker rooms my entire life and it's very, very, very uncomfortable. And a lot of people over the years have asked me, well, why the hell do you have to go in when the guys are taking their showers and they're getting dressed? Why? I don't know. I don't like it. All I can tell you is I think it's weird. It's weird. I'm a heterosexual male. I don't care to see anybody walking by with a towel on or in front of their locker. I think that it's strange. Always have. And, but, you know, here's the deal. Professional players, they're at the stadium arena, whatever it is, usually for a long time. Now, hockey is different. Hockey, they go in the morning and they have a morning skate on the day of the game. And then they go back to their homes or if they're on the road, back to the hotel and they take a nap and then they come back in. Same thing with the NBA. They'll have a shoot around. Uh, It's just it's just different. Well, the NFL and MLB, Major League Baseball, they don't go in in the morning. And they don't take batting practice in the morning. The NFL doesn't go in and, uh, you know, do calisthenics and maybe uh, Oklahoma drills in the morning and then go home and take a nap and then go play the game at, in the later in the day. Or it just doesn't happen like that. So they get there early, blah, 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 blah. And when it's finally time after a, a game, and they've been there for like, I don't know, 10 hours or something like that, eight hours, they want it. The last thing they want to do is be interviewed by a media geek. The last thing they want to do, they want to get their shower. They want to get out. If they're single prior to COVID, they want to party. They want to go to the club. They're young. They have money. They're in shape and they're single. If they're married and have kids, they want to see their families. They want to get back. They want to chill, you know? And so that's it. And it it was always like, I think this started because, hey, get them while you can because they're not going to, they're already done. They played the game. They've done. They've listened to the coach. They've taken their shower. They're out of here. If you want to catch them as they're finishing getting dressed or they're on their way out real quick, get them. That's it. I guess, I guess that's how it's come. So I don't know if the NFL is going to allow because the players don't like it. Let me give you an example. Major League Baseball. Years ago, do you remember Mark McGuire? Remember the whole steroid thing? You know how that was really blown up? Besides Jose Canseco writing the book 
and saying all the, you know, the vast majority of these guys are getting shot in the ass with a big needle. They're all, so many guys are taking steroids and blah, blah, blah. Brady Anderson is hitting 50 some home runs. You know, you don't see 70 home runs a season now, do you? Do you? So there, there, there were a lot that were on the juice, but I digress. Mark McGuire with the home run chase, Sammy Sosa. Oh, it brought so many people to baseball. It was great, you know, the, the Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Well, what happened was the one of the uh, reporters when interviewing McGuire, he looked into his locker. Now the lockers in in professional locker rooms, they're open. There's no closet. It's not like you're high school locker where you got a lock and it's a, a metal door and it closes. It's open. Usually their spikes, their shoes are all down uh, below. They usually have several different pairs and they might have some pictures in their locker. They got a few things in their toiletries and stuff on a shelf. And then their stuff is hanging. Their clothes are hanging when they come in. Just They just have hooks. That's all it is. They might have a hanger in there, but it's hooks. It's nothing fancy. I've been in locker room since I'm 25 years old, right up until last year. All sports, all that. I've uh. and so a reporter noticed uh, a bottle of uh, pills, uh, Androstein Dion. Remember that? And he noticed it. He took notice of it. Boom. He reported it. Wrote about it, and that blew out the whole steroid that's what started it so you can imagine if you're mcguire players they don't want anybody hanging near your locker i can remember years ago uh hobby bullen he was a goalie for the tampa bay lightning and we were all bunched in there they call it a media scrum they called it you want to know what they really call it as many you call it a gangbang i said no nobody's doing anything to the player but that that's what it's actually called it's a gangbang or the proper term is media scrum, but no, no, no reporter ever called it. Is it a gangbang? Like you just, boom, you get in front of the player. It's maybe three or four deep and you just start asking questions and you, and you get it. Okay. And I remember, and sometimes like what I'll do is I'm conscious of someone else's camera shot. Like if it's camera, cameras behind, uh, there's writers, there's radio, TV, and you want to make sure, you know, let them get their shot of the uh, player you're interviewing. So you get down low. Sometimes you're actually behind uh, the player and your microphone is like it's a wraparound. You're holding it underneath his chin. So this one particular time with Hobby Bullen was a goalie for the Lightning. And I was like behind him and, and had my arm around. And I had done this, oh my God, hundreds and hundreds of times. Never a problem. And he, st- and he stops. He looks at me. And he's like, what are you doing? Uh, no, 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 nothing. No, no, no. And then he stops again. Huh. No. He, he was very conscious as if like I was going to take something. No, I was behind him. He didn't like that. And his locker, like he was facing the media. So his back was to his locker. First time I ever experienced that. It wasn't like I'm, you know, I'm not going to ever steal anything. But he must have had some experience where he just was untrustworthy. They didn't want anybody getting behind him near his locker, you know, but that's his private space. Um, years and years ago, years ago, I was young and reporting for a national FNN. And I, re- I covered everything from the Denver Rockies, the Colorado Rockies over to the East. I was based out of New York and I was an East coast reporter. And if it was a national story and on a weekend, 
my guy with my producer was in LA and he'd tell me what to cover. I'm like 30 years old at the time, 31, something like that. So anyway, uh, it's going way, 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 way back. Uh, Lisa Olson, you can Google it. She was a female NFL beat reporter for the Patriots. I don't think she was national at the time. I think she was with the Boston Globe. She was with a Boston media outlet. And there was an incident in the Patriots locker room where one of the players took down his pants and was like, you know, hey, hey, look at this, look at this. You like this or something to that effect. Another guy was busting chops. She reported, rightfully so, she reported it, blah, blah, blah. And it became a, you know, blew up national story. So since I was a national reporter, my producer calls me up. He goes, hey, man, I'm going to send you to Foxborough. Uh, Patriots are at home on this Lisa Olson story. See if they do anything. I'm assuming she's going to be reporting this week. See, you know, see what happens in the locker room, man. That's your, that's your thing. And also do us a game, little game thing. All right, you got it. Whatever they tell me to do, boom, I'm on it. So I fly up there, get my rental car, go. I would always, like I've told you before, I would meet the camera person at, and I would have to be, I would have to be responsible. It wouldn't come out of my paycheck, but I would be responsible for hiring a photog. We'd call it a shooter in that market. Never had a problem doing it. I'd always call it blah, blah, blah. I always got it done. Always got it done. Boom. I'm on it. Boom, 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 boom. Here's what we can pay. $400. I need you for this. Post game. Boom, boom, boom. You don't have to shoot the game. Just boom, boom, boom. Got it. Boom, boom. We meet. It's a universal language TV. You got this type of tape. We're using this format. Boom. So I get up there and I'll never forget. I had never. Now, this isn't the, the stadium that the Patriots use now. This is the older stadium that they had. And I remember being on the sidelines. I had only been at the Meadowlands. I had been at maybe one or two other games. I was always at the Eagles, the Vet, you know, but not many NFL stadiums. I'd done some training camps. And I remember that I was like, I was getting yelled at, man. I was like, what? And they were like, they had that Massachusetts accent, you know, the Mass Pike, and uh, cursing me out. Get down. What's the what? Oh, you got to kneel down. Now, then a reporter was allowed on the sidelines the whole game. Oh, my God. I can't, can't get down there now unless you're a sideline reporter rights holder. But anyway, and I remember getting yelled at. And get down, get down. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, man. And you get down on your knees. The seats that were close to the field were so close. They were low. So we were blocking their view. But anyway, we get through the game, blah, blah, blah. And then I see, I notice, I follow, I see Lisa Olson at the, uh, in the press box, blah, blah, blah. And it was, you know, you just do what you're told, man. That's my story. So I follow her and I'm actually walking down next to her, near her in the, in the, the elevator. You go down and blah, blah, blah. And I'm watching. And it turned out there was nothing. There was no incident. You know, once, once a story is big like that, nobody else is going to do anything else. But my whole point to the whole thing is, I don't think the NFL is going to allow locker room access. Now, if you're on a daily beat, that is who you report on day in and day out. It's hard to not have access to actually, you know, do your story. And everybody said, well, what do you need? What do you need to talk to the players for? You just report on what you see on the field. Yeah. How long does that go? It's just, you're watching the same game on TV as the reporters watching in the press box are watching the same stuff. Now they do have zooms. The NFL was trying to get away with zooms. That's what I was told. They couldn't stand it. They really didn't want to do it. 
but it's looking like it's probably going this way. And again, the whole situation is just so fluid. We just don't know. I'm standing by my story that I told you last week on this podcast. No, no, I actually did it on my other podcast. I have got a source telling me that there are some NFL players that have gotten doctors to to give them a fake, you know, the fake card. Yeah, just that they got the vaccine. They really didn't get it. I'm telling you. So if this story ever breaks, you heard it here. I'm not saying any names or anything like that. Uh, there are some players that don't want to get it. They're young. They feel they're really healthy, and they don't want to get it. We're not, And they've got some doctors in their pocket, these star blankers, that will, oh, I got a NFL player. Oh, he's my buddy. Oh, I'll do this. And boom, and they do that. Yeah, you're okay. Boom, here, give this to the coach, the team. You got the vaccine. But anyway, that is the deal on that. Um, I was just trying to think, like, th- these locker room. I don't know if you want any of these behind-the-scene locker room stories. Here's the here's the other situation right now behind the scenes to let you know what's going on, how, how different it is to cover an NFL team. There's no – and I think it's like this for every – uh, NHL, I know it's like this for Major League Baseball. It's a daily credential. Like, there's no, like, season credential anymore. It's daily. You have to apply each practice to go try to go and cover that practice. So every week, you get the list of days. You, you have to go on the Internet. You check off the box. You put all your information. Boom. And then you have to wait until the night before to see if you made the cut. Now, I'm there's tier two. That's the ones that are that's the best access. That's your daily. That's your ESPN uh, beat reporter. That's your athletic beat reporter. That's your local paper beat reporter. Um, maybe your TV station. Sometimes they're tier two, tier three. And there's only a hand, they have a very limited amount, okay? And then there's tier three. I'm in tier three. I'm with JoeBucksFan.com. I'm with the Tampa Free Press. So I'm not your daily beat reporter, even though I apply every day for a practice credential. So I'm tier three. I'm allowed to go and show my, and, and once you do this, you got to show your vaccination card. Boom, on the internet. Okay. And then... You have to wait the night before to see if there's enough spaces for you if you make the cut. So every night, and this has been going on since training camp, every night I have to wait and see. I'm not complaining at all. I am honored still, especially to be covering a team that won the Super Bowl. I got to wait to see if I make the cut. And you get it, you get it, you get it. Oh, boom, I'm in. All right, boom. It's usually 7 o'clock at night, sometimes 6, sometimes 8, sometimes 8, 15. Boom. Might be really proud. Okay, boom, 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 boom. Now, what happens here in Florida, where I'm located, we're rainy season. We're just about at the end of our rainy season. It rains so much. So, training camp's a whole different deal. I was able to be at training camp a lot. But now, what has happened is, it's been raining and the threat of rain early in the day. So, what happens is, even though I'm in... I still have to constantly check my email in the morning before I go. And every single day since training camp, it's like, up oh, the Buccaneers are going inside today. The threat of rain. They don't want the wet field. You don't want a guy to, like, you know, pop his, uh, his knee or, you know, slide or, you know, you in, and every day, oh, you no longer are allowed to go to practice today. It's happened every single day. 
every single day. And now, now I know enough to constantly keep checking it, checking it before I leave, before I drive, before I drive there. And the, early on when I didn't know this, I didn't check it. And I actually was driving and I got all the way to Tampa and I was a block away. I'm at going by the stadium, Raymond James stadium. I'm at a light. I look at my phone. Oh, they're going inside. Tier three is not allowed in. I'm not allowed in when it's time for the coach Arians and the players to bring out since I'm tier three, I have to leave because the ones that are in tier two last year, it was daily COVID testing. Now it's 14 days. Maybe it's 10 days, 12 days. I don't know. I'm not in that tier. They have to get tested. Boom. They get the rapid. Okay. They're allowed to go in. They're still six feet away. I'm just, I just wanted to just give you a little behind the scenes of what it is like now, how, Times have changed. I don't know if they're ever going to go back. I, this might be just like after 9-11 with what happened with the uh, security at airplanes. Do you remember when you used to be able to go greet your loved one right off the gate when they came when they came out of the, off the plane? Remember those days? Remember those days? The reason why I was thinking about that the other day, when I was living in New Jersey and I was living on this cul-de-sac, and he became my best friend. He was a wild man. Dave, he has since passed away. Big, strong, construction worker, lead singer of a rock band. He, East Coast rocker. Madonna was big at that time, and he called himself Dave Madonna, East Coast rocker. Uh, David Duke, but that was also the leader of the, the KKK. I don't know why he went with that name. His name was Dave Monarch. And he was getting too much heat thinking he was David Duke with the KKK. <laughs> but anyway... He was a big guy, strong. He's a great guy. He's a partier. His wife used to, she traveled a little bit, but she was a uh, fashion designer in New York City. She would have to take the bus into the city. We were living in northern New Jersey, up in Sussex County. And I'll never forget, she was flying back from somewhere. And Dave was, uh, we were either playing pool with this other guy, Steve Horn, or at the local bar, or we might even been at his place and having some beers, having some beers. And then he realized he's, he knew he had to go to Newark airport to pick up his wife. And he got there late, way late. And she was just like, God damn it, Dave. Like I, I'm your wife. When I come off the plane, I expect you to be there and greet me. Is that all I ask? You have to be late like that. But I was just laughing like you can't even do that anymore. And it never went back. Are, are things ever going to be back? Now, I didn't even know. Like, go back to about a year and a half ago. Did you ever think we would see 70,000 fans packed in a stadium? We didn't know if we'd ever see that again. So for me, I'm happy that we're actually back to that, you know? And you do your best. You just do your best. I'm just trying to think of any more locker room stories that I can uh, can I can tell you. Just just to have access is so cool. The, Johnny Gomes. Johnny Gomes was a a slugger man. He got his hacks in. He was with a lot of different teams, including the Boston Red Sox, the Tampa Bay Rays. That's how I got to know of him. He was a big wrestling fan. He even got in the ring when the Legends of Wrestling. Uh, Nobbs started that, by the way, prayers up to Brian Nobbs. It's having a rough go of things. Let's hope for the best. 
But well, he started this Legends of Wrestling. They did a show at Major League Baseball stadiums, the old timers, and 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 Gomes got in the ring. I think he had a garbage can or something, and he became friends with Knobs and these guys. He was a partner. He was a great guy. He is a great guy. I follow him on Instagram now. But I'll never forget there was a time where we're down outside the clubhouse. They call it the clubhouse in baseball. And we're waiting, and the report was that Johnny Gomes was being sent down, sent down to AAA. And I remember we were waiting outside the locker room, and he was in there meeting with the manager. And then he came out. And we started interviewing him. There's only about three or four of us. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, I think he was crying. Like his eyes were red and watery. And it was early in the day. It was two o'clock in the afternoon. He wasn't partying or anything. You know what I mean? It wasn't those bloodshot type eyes. And I said to him, Johnny, are you crying? And he's like, no, man, I'm not crying. But I just thought that I deserve, I'm a major leaguer. This is hard on me to be going back to the minors. I didn't think I could do it, but no, I wasn't crying. And I got some heat from that. Some people are like, I can't believe you asked him if he was crying. But you know what? I'm looking at him and I'm like, it looked like he was crying. And that that, that shows like a, a side, how much it meant, how, how, how much it meant to him. So whatever, whatever. I'll never forget that. I also remember there's been times. Now, I've never seen actual fights inside the locker room there have been for teams and players that i have covered i know warren sap and chidi ahanatu of the bucks years and years and years ago had a uh, had a fight in the locker room i was not inside there i've heard when i'm waiting when you're waiting outside to go in there's a cool off period for whatever sport whether it's nhl nba mlb NFL, there's a cool down period. It's probably not long enough <laughs> because these guys are coming out of a game that might have been a loss. Something might have had, you know, they're just, their adrenaline is still going. And there have been times where I've heard screaming outs and I've been on the other side of the door, but I have never seen that. My first time, I might have mentioned this, but my first time ever in a professional locker room after covering like high school football was the New York Giants with Lawrence Taylor, Bill Parcells, Phil Sims, that team. That was my first experience in a professional locker room. And the thing is, if you've never been like whatever you're doing, if you're in a new environment, like just lay back, watch, observe, try to just do the right thing. I see some people that come and they've never been in there walking around and hey, hey, what about over there? Like it blows me away. Like, you know, know, know that you're new. And I remember going into the Giants locker room and I remember seeing LT, Lawrence Taylor. He was an intimidating mother blanker and he had a long dangling earring and i saw him and he had the ball boy right there and he's like i want my towels i want this i want that i want this at my locker and i was like whoa this isn't high school sports anymore you know and remember you are in their environment that's their home. That's their workplace. Wherever you work, can you imagine an outsider just coming in? Who the hell are they, right? And they're over your desk or they're at your shop 
or you're out on the job or you're whatever and they're watching every move you make and then they're going to write down if you make a mistake and what you, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So I don't know if we're ever going to get back, but I just wanted to give you a little behind the scenes of what it is like to cover an NFL team in these, uh, in these days. Now, I also alerted you when I first started this podcast months ago. I have someone that is close to me that is working in the NFL front office, okay? I never want to give away anything, uh, so I won't say who or anything like that, but just like a little hint. I knew he got hired recently after this current Super Bowl. And one of the main priorities was, in this the NFL, gambling, betting. How the NFL can be involved in legalized gambling because there's so much money out there to be met. And then sure enough, I noticed last week, the NFL announcing they got a partnership and it was with four different sports betting agencies. And then Tony Dungy came out and it was very critical of this and said, this isn't a good idea for the NFL to get involved in legalized gambling because the kids, you're going to have young people and they know it's legal and they're going to be gambling and they're going to be spending money that they don't have. And they're going to, it's not going to go good. Yeah, you're probably right, Tony. You are right, Tony, but you know what? This is just big business. But I knew that this was going to happen. Uh, they also want to make it so that, like, you can bet, you know, with them on NFL, their website.com, and then, you know, you, you click here, and then maybe you get some certain points, and then you'll be awarded maybe some merch, maybe a ticket or two, uh, an invite to this or that. That way the fans get a little something-something, and you do it through the NFL with their partnerships of these legalized betting agencies. But I knew it was coming, and I told you guys that. So I'm, not, I'm trying to give you guys a little bit of uh, insight. You know what I'm saying? All righty. I had a couple of notes here. There was other stuff. I'm not going to get into it. There was like, there's times I've seen a few things when you're down, like in a hallway in a stadium or this and that and boom, boom, boom. Something might be, you might see something covered up. I've been one of these guys that like, if somebody gives me some inside information, I'll never ever out them uh, because my word and I, this is a perfect way to bring this up. Ira Kaufman, who was just on this podcast, I talked to him. He came on the Rock Stops Here podcast during the Super Bowl. And I said, Sage, you've been in 40-some years as a journalist being paid, not this paying to be or, you know, volunteering or so much stuff is free now just to get credentials. You've been paid for 40-some years. What is your advice to anyone? And he said, your word. Your word means everything. And I think it's like that in life. It, your word, your word means everything. And I just have always followed that in broadcasting, in anything. Oh, I like to stir it up. I like to do the gossip just as much as everybody else. I like to bust balls. I get my balls busted. But when it comes to my word, 
that's I try. I try to stick by that. Thank you to Sage. Thank you for listening. And subscribe if you're not a subscriber. And try to tell your friends. And uh, I enjoy it. So we'll see what we got for you next week. Have a great week, man. Try to stay healthy and just let's enjoy every day. Thank you, Sage. I'll talk to you next week on The Rock Stops Here. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. Radio Influence.